Hi, good evening, everybody. This is Brett Nallen with Those Nallen Podcast, sitting right next to David Nallen. We are. Hey, yo. Hey, we are two two nerds that happen to be brothers that and enjoy talking about games, tech, and anything else we really like. How you been, Dave? I've been good. Stone of the new quarter for me. So I've been always have read a uh, hundred and thirty-five pages this week. Uh, I know how that feels, man. I'm right. I'm. I'm right there in that boat. I'm, I'm currently studying to take my CCNA again, and I'm just studying pages upon pages upon pages of just network code and god awful knows what, you know, OSPF models, OSI models, OISOI models. It's disastrous. There's enough acronyms in there to kill somebody. I know the feeling. I'm. Right now, we're studying about the transient properties of silicone. Oh, how? Why silicone is the best material to use for transistors. Is, is it just because it's uh, resistant to heat? No, it's not. It's because of how it's a semiconducting material, and um, in its properties, it has four electrons in its outer shell. So when it connects to itself, it makes a perfect, a perfect covalence bond. So when it goes to all together, it connects together. So when it gets to cool temperatures, it's together, but when it gets to high temperatures, it has a kind of electricity flow to it, and then you can dope it, which sounds really bad, but you can dope it to make it impurities inside of it, to make sure that it works better for the for circuit boards and stuff like that. Okay, that's actually that's really fascinating. But I'm pretty sure half our audience just fell asleep right there. That's okay though. That's what makes <laughs> that's gonna make you a paycheck someday, and maybe they, not them, so they can suck it a little bit. Um, <laughs> so let's get into our first segment. We're gonna we're gonna start off with uh, games. There's been a really, really, really big news this week. Uh, in Mass Effect Four, the director leaves yet again. Or uh, leaves uh, this year. Um, leaves before it gets leaked. Yes, Chris Wayne leaves uh, for Bioware. Or leaves Bioware. My bad. I am sorry. Uh, he's also he's head, he says he's heading off to somewhere right now. Um, but how do you think this is gonna really affect uh, Mass Effect Four? Or is it really at the point where it? How do you think this is gonna affect Mass Effect? 4? This is how I see it. It's in its it's been in its development cycle for about five years now. I mean, Mass Effect Three was oh, Mass Effect Three was in I think 2012, 2011, something like that. It was it was long enough ago. It's been plenty of time for them to come up with a storyline and have something else to yeah. put forth. So. It's been four years. It's been it's probably been more than four years that they've been working on it. Probably since the writing team of Mass Effect Three was done. So, this is my opinion on it. I don't think it's going to affect the game at all. I figure at this point, the storyline, the script, the general flow of the game has already been laid forth. They're gonna they're probably gonna hire another producer just to just to make sure everything fits together, puts the finishing touches on it, but. In reality, right now we're we're in the hands of the coders, 
and technical guys trying to make everything look right, pretty, fix glitches, do yeah. everything else. Right now, it's probably done with... They probably have everything animated as they want it. They're probably going through the game right now and playing it, finding glitches, putting... Uh, re-rendering stuff to make it better graphics, optimizing it to the platforms that they're on and stuff like that. That's probably what they're doing right now. Okay. But how do you think it will affect the series after this, when we start going into Mass Effect 5? I don't think it will affect it too much. Directors come and directors go. It's how movies are, how everything's gone. The real key part is the lead writer is the most to the affecting of the storyline and stuff like that. You know, the guy who the guy who actually creates the content, not the guy with the the guy that says oversight or whatever. The guy that puts every he's the guy that puts everything together in a sense that makes everyone work together. But if you find another good person that makes everyone work together, it it won't affect it too big in the long run. Yeah, but good leadership is, you know and I know, is it's hard to come by, and there can be lots of hang-ups with the progr- head programmers, head designers, head or head programmers, um, design teams, um, networking staff, all these other people that have to be brought into a game. Because uh, nowadays, games aren't just 16 guys sitting around at computers in a basement anymore. These, these are multi-million dollar projects. Multi-billion dollar projects. Well, they're multi-million dollars to start them. They oh, yeah. they produce multi-billion multi-billion. Um, Grand Theft Auto, I think, is is already reached into the billion dollars and sales. Oh, it reached it the first first week. Month. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, speaking of Grand Theft Auto, so Grand Theft Auto just had another big update push. They put out the low idle expansion port update for their game. It had, well, low idols. It came with a couple more missions and the online multiplayer. And I think it came out with the yachts. So, uh, that was a previous update. It that was? was a previous, previous update. The Lowrider update, it doesn't come out with the yachts. It's the, uh, well, I think Lowrider 1, Part 1. This is Lowrider DLC Part 2 just mm-hmm. got released. Um, but the big, the big point about this whole thing is it came with... Um, more scripted storyline missions like the heist that are more enjoyable, bigger paydays, everything else. Is this still enough to keep fans coming back though? I mean, I can't. We came back for a while just to do this stuff, but it's still not the. It's another. It's heist. More heist coming out, coming back yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a couple more missions that are kind of heist like. A little bit harder to set up with friends because you might be put in a where you're hosting it, you might be put in where you're not. So it's a little bit harder to find friends if you can do friends with it. But me and you have gone through three or four missions. Yeah, we're on the third or fourth mission. We're on the next one. It starts off with a, a four missions uh, set up. We did that one. To, we did that one with some two randoms, and then. It goes into a, a a second mission, which it only takes two people, which is weird because usually you go on a four or two, you keep on the same trend. Yeah. And then it goes to another four mission. Uh, so we're on the third four mission. We haven't played through that just because we haven't had found randoms that are worth 
worth anything. It goes four people mission, then two person mission, then another two person mission, and then a four person mission. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. I was I was jumping the gun. I remember the the one where you got to move the drive the cars without the cops ever seeing you because they're boosted, and then you got basically shoot your way out of. And then you have to get the guy out of jail. Yeah, that's the one we're on right now, aren't we? That yeah, was the one that we just got done. Was the one we just got done. Mm. Now we're doing missions for that guy, that guy, so we don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we put him in jail, we got him out of jail, and then now we're doing missions for him. Mm. You don't really break him out of jail. You destroy the documents that keep him in jail, mm-hmm. which gets him out of jail. But you do it in like you do it in a incredibly sloppy manner, so it ends up hurting you in the long run. Okay. Well, it's enough about Grand Theft Auto. It was, uh, I didn't want to spend too much time on uh, either Grand Theft Auto or uh, um, Mass Effect 4. Mass Effect 4, yes. So let's talk about Game Wars. Uh, originally, we planned on doing this episode right before, or right at the New Year. So we yeah. could, it would have been more. So we're going to talk about some first things. Um, some of the big games. So the game awards happened in uh, early December, and uh, we can we're gonna, we're going to talk about some of those game awards, uh, game uh, game winner awards. Of course, game of the year. So the nominees were Bloodborne, Fallout 4, which at the time of the awards had not been released. By the way, yes. Which I found the part that they put it in in this year's game of the year's awards kind of annoying because I don't think he gave it justice. Because no one's going to have enough time to play a previewed version of this to make a game in a year. Metal Gear Solid 4, great a nomination. Um, Super Mario Market Maker, which I think is cool it's in there because... It, it, it's actually... It, I've watched a couple of videos about this. It's actually quite interesting because of the new... The Wii U. They had a better online system. So it's you can play other people's maps from all across the world. There's, it, it's very interesting how it's designed because you can do a 100 life run or you can do stuff. It, it's very pliable and it, it's actually quite interesting on how it's played, how it actually works. So the part that I found interesting about the part, the new, the new system for the uh, Wii and the part that it's now starting to show up in Game Awards, because it used to be just kind of glossed over, maybe show up in a couple kids' games, is that it's starting to show up in a lot more in the awards that you would never see it, which is good for Nintendo. It's glad I'm glad that basically the, the system that brought us all into gaming, Nintendo and Mario and Game Boy. The big iconic people. Yeah. Mario, Link. Um... Bowser, all those just Yoshi, um, any of those, just the, the Mario world is, is, is synonymous with gamers. I mean, to this day, you see a, a gaming t-shirt somewhere, more than likely you're looking at a Nintendo, either a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo's controller on that shirt. You're rarely going to find an Xbox controller, a PS4 controller, anything else. It's a Nintendo or Super Nintendo um, controller on the shirt, and that's what repre- that's what it represents. Yeah. So the, uh, Nintendo um, is synonymous with 
gaming history. Yeah. Well, me and you, you know, like, when you open up a chest, like, the posts and, like, the old ones that put the hand in there, pull it out, and go, na, 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 na. Yeah. That... <laughs> what the hell, man? All right, but this is what it ties into. So me and you know that that's you finding something in a chest. Yeah. Your daughter, last time I was here, she found something, and she went whispering to herself, na, 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 na. <laughs> she has no idea where it comes from. <laughs> She's four. She hasn't heard any of that stuff. Jeez, I didn't even know she did that. Um, But so that means, that's how iconic... Mario and Nintendo has been in in the gaming world, and to see them coming back is great. I I didn't expect to see Mario Super Mario Maker as game of the year because it's kind of a cool niche little thing to do, mm-hmm. and it's not really a big AAA engross yourself in a storyline, become immersed into a game. Yeah, it it doesn't have that, but it did in most people in to build maps for people to play. It did take people time and effort. It did have the catch of a game. So it's, it's more interactive. Yeah. It provided you it, it provided user I haven't played it. I know doesn't our sister have it? Yeah, yeah. Our sister has it. Yeah, sister has it. So you have access to yeah. it. So you've played a little bit. I played a little bit. Okay, so it's it's a way for users to come back into the game. Mm-hmm games or for I would even say not really super intense users to come into games and come back to Mario and play that two D world and have throw it's like it's kinda it's like a it's a like Mario a, version of Forza. Yeah. Because when you go out and race in Forza you can be like, Hey, this is my time. What now? It's like the Mario version of that. <laughs> this is my map. What now? Try to beat it. Yeah. Okay, well, we've talked about the loser too much. The winner, Witcher 3. I have not played this game yet because I've been trying to go through the first, second, and then get to the third. They have a, they have a name for this. It's called OCD. Well, OCD! Come on, man. Just jump on the third game and call it a day. Well, I would, but I've played so many games that if you don't play the first the second one, you totally lose yourself in the storyline. Like uh, Mass Effect 4, Mass Effect 3, Dragon Age 3, which Uh-oh. is Inquisition. I guess I can't argue. I totally bought the Mass Effect. After playing online Mass Effect 3, I totally just bought the three-pack and was like, well, I need to play all three of these now. And started, I'm, I'm like halfway through 2 when I stopped for some reason. I need to just get on the 360 and keep on playing. But I'm still stuck in Assassin's Creed 4 right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Witcher 3 is it's a game you haven't played, but you're going through it and you're going to play it. I want to play it. It looks awesome. I might just jump straight to three, though, uh, which I'm kind of torn about that. I might get it on the PC, though. Can you get it on the PC? Yeah, you can get it on PC. I might get it on the PC and play it while I'm, um, I'm gone in the, in the next month. <laughs> well, I get sent overseas for a while, so I can... Um, I do own one and two, so you can play on the PC. So. You own my one PC? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think you have them shared with me, so I'll install yeah. those before I leave. 
tons of props to Witcher 3 for winning game of the year. Uh, Well-deserved. What I told it is a very, very fun game to play and get yourself lost to in the world. They did it right. Like, I got pulled into Dragon Age and Mass Effect because the world was so excellently made. It was a surround you could lose yourself in reading codex all the time. I've heard this game does the exact same thing. Okay. So let's... I want to bring this up real quick. So if you haven't seen this, this is the lineup for best shooters mm-hmm. of the year. So, I'm going I'm to read it. Are you looking at this right now? Mm-hmm. Don't look at it. You can't look at it. No look at it. So, here's the lineup. Who would you think would win this? We got Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Great game. Destiny. Uh, the Taken King. Great game. Halo 5 Guardians. Great game. Mm-hmm. Splatoon. Never heard of. And Star Wars Battlefront. Uh, the new Star Wars. Uh, the new game. Which one would you say of those games if I said vote for game best shooter what are you picking well I personally I would pick Black Ops 3 but as I know with the crowd that I play my my age of people they play the the stupid the plume game okay so you turn around that one what is this I don't even know what this game is. It is, you know, like, um, Tony Hawk, like, paint you did playing with multi-people and you tried to graffiti people? Yeah. Spots. That's that game. But with shooting. So uh, I'm graffitiing them? You're graffitiing them in I'm the playing toy. virtual paintball. Yeah. But you're, like, trying to graffiti all the areas and everything. All right, we got multi-hundred dollar systems. Great internet connections, freaking blockbuster, big freaking games, and I'm playing god freaking goofy paintball here online? Are you kidding me? How is this best shooter of the year? I haven't played it, but I, I haven't even heard of the game. I saw the winner, I was like, huh? Who the heck? What? This can't even be in the top ten games sold this year. No, it's actually one of the top fives. Sold? I think it was. No way. There is no way this game has sold more than four million copies. It can't have... It cannot have sold... Outsold any of these other games that are on here. It cannot have sold out... First of all, nothing outsells Call of Duty. It can't outsold Destiny. Destiny was... a a massive oh, yeah. game. Destiny was bought. Everyone jumped on that when they got tired of playing Call of Duty because Call of Duty sucks. The last Advanced Warfighter sucks so bad. How the heck did it beat Star Wars Battlefront? Yep, Splatoon's pretty far up there, right? but I don't think it's in the top ten. Uh, yeah, but all those other games I named are in the top ten, aren't they? Witcher four, Witcher three. No, okay, game of the year, good. Nope, it made it in the top ten. Okay, but did it beat the other though? No, it made it just in top ten. Okay, but did it... What? But 
What's ahead of it? Okay. Let's see here. Uh, on Undertale, which is a... That came out. It's a indie game. Okay, so it's a... It was a, like, $6 indie game. Yeah, so we're talking Just people threw money at it. probably have never played it, and everyone word of mouth. No, okay. everyone played it. Like, okay. it had a big thing. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> Batman Arkham Knight. Which got snubbed. I was actually going to... We're going to talk about snubs here a little bit. I think that one got snubbed out of best game of the year. Super Mario... Uh, it's probably Super Mario Maker. Yeah, Super Mario Maker 3. Which would 3... Number five, Horror Story. What what is this? Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay. Rise of the Tomb Raider, and then I think that's Fallout Four. Fallout Four. So it did be Call of Duty. Yeah. So it be Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. All right, I can't see. I think Call of Duty came out late November. When this come? When did it get released? Early this year. Early this year? So it's had a whole year with the sales and junk to go through? Okay. And a whole fad that went along with it. So what happens... Hey, Activision, remember this. When you produce garbage, like Advanced Warfare, you let people you let people in, like Splatoon, to beat you in a Game Awards. Just remember that later on in your life. When you sit there and realize you're producing garbage and no one will pay for it or even vote for you later on and it hurts you in the long run alright uh, let's get some other big big games out here that won um, Witcher won best role playing game so we're not going to talk about that oh here we go best sports game so this is a weird a weird 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 little one too so Okay, I'm going to read these, off, read these names. This is another surprise out of left field, too. So, FIFA 16. Forza Motorsport 6. Something you've played. What is this game category under? Best, uh, best sports slash racing game. So, best okay. sports game. FIFA 16. For, for, FIFA Mor- uh, Forza Motorsport 6. Mm-hmm. NBA 2K 16. Yeah. Pro Evolution Soccer 16 and Rocket League. Rocket League took it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, why is that even under that? I don't know. I look at the top, look at this picture is a picture of little RC cars. Looks like headbutting. This thing that looks like a soccer ball. So, this is another game of people of my generation that just ended up playing. It's another, was another indie title. So, it's like five bucks to buy. No, no. I think it was 20. Okay, so, every other one of these games, 60, 60, 60, 60. 60. FIFA 60 is down to like 30. I'm about to pick it up because I like playing FIFA. Um, but... I mean, it just grabbed an audience. It's only multiplayer, and you play on teams, and you try to battle against each other to put a soccer ball in the goal. Yeah, it's like soccer with RC cars. Yeah. what it looks like. So, that my assumption on that is right. What do you even play this on? I haven't seen this on anything. PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. So, it's on... So, it's not even Nintendo. It's actually on the big systems kidding me. 
All right, well, I'm not... So, if any of you guys are actually fell on place Platoon or Rocket League, uh, one, I, my son has an RC car and a soccer ball, so I'm going to play it in real life. And two, I go out and find paintballs and shoot my shoot shoot people real people with that joke, too. I'm not going to play some garbage I could just walk out in my backyard and start doing. So... Yay for that. Alright, we're going to cover one more call category before we take a break and head into um, head into our next segment. So, best multiplayer. Ooh. Actually, no, never mind. Seth Platoon again. Yeah. And, yep. Alright, so I want, there was a eSports, oh, not player of the year. No, I don't want that. eSports game of the year. eSports game of the year. Mm-hmm. eSports game of the year. Alright. So the eSports game of the year actually hasn't even been decided yet. No, that doesn't get decided until after there's a big tournament that comes on here soon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember that. So tournaments are about to happen, which mm-hmm. I remember that. All right, so here's the nominee. So who do you think is going to win this? We got Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Um, that's a very – Call of Duty's always been a very eSports game. Counter-Strike, also a very big esports game. Yeah. Dota, League, Hearthstones. I'm surprised um, Heroes of Stones not up there either. Uh, Heart- of, yeah, Hearthstone, Dota 2, um, League of Legends, which I know I know the big deal about League of Legends now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hearthstones is another big, big big tournament game that just got released this year by Blizzard. Okay. So, actually, which is funny, uh, who, who used to do all the esports? Who was the controlling authority for esports? Uh, Spike. I think Spike. Spike? Okay. Yeah, but I think Activision bought them out? Yeah, Activision and Blizzard. Yeah. They comboed and bought them out. So they control esports now, which basically just means when it comes to shooters, Call of Duty is going to be it. But I actually, esports, when it comes down to it, I would rather have Activision and Blizzard do that because they're, they're a sports company. Yeah, well, and they're they're bigger marketing, and they will they, what they're going to do is they're going to bring esports to the common user. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got a team you want to throw? You want to get in a five buck, five buck person league, twenty dollars a match, mm-hmm. or even twenty dollars a tournament. Yeah, entry fee, and we'll get you into an esports league. Yeah, you show up, bring your four players, who enter, they come in, they log in, get into the league, and now you're in a Call of Duty tournament, mm-hmm. weekend tournament where you're doing thirty, you do thirty matches in a weekend, something like that, and every one of them matters. You do league. Round robin, league play, however they do yeah. it, and then maybe even have a different categories where they have hardcore team deathmatch or core. Um, I think it's always team deathmatch. They never do anything else other than that. No, they sometimes do capture they, the flag. Usually they do capture the flag. They've also done search and destroy. Yeah, and but it's always four on four, right? You yeah, it's four on four usually tournament play. Less there's there's also a six on six tournament play. Okay, that sometimes happens. Six on six. Okay, so we're still talking very, very small base squad teams. Mm-hmm. With our computers today, with Activision and Blizzard having the 
the the money to throw the money and the ingenuity and the 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 know-how to do stuff. The know-how to just bring something up. Could we could we for the love of Jesus Christ have a 32 on 32 competitive gaming on Battlefield? You could, but that'd be so much harder to do. The thing is, they have. This is why they do six on six or four on four. Is because they have to buy consoles or PCs for them. They can't have them play on their own stuff. So they have to have a non modded that they know that's non-modded hardware. Okay, you're telling me Activision and Blizzard can't throw a tournament together where they come up with a massive haul and 500 Xboxes, which they probably already do at the beginning of it mm-hmm. anyways, and put a 32-on-32 Battlefield 4 Conquest map out there, and we and you just let... Mass clans go to town against each other. Yeah, you could do that. That that's a, but that's still a lot of stuff. You say thirty two on thirty two. You say five hundred Xboxes. Yes, that could be possible. Now you have to find a room to hold five hundred people plus the plus the extras. So it's going to probably be fifty people per team. How many teams are you going to let in? Eight? No, you got to let in about 50, usually the normal number of teams that come in at the very beginning and then get shot off to eight or so at the end. But here's the thing, though. What I'm saying is when they do these tournaments, they're running multiple games at the same time. Yeah. Yes, you're going to have to probably have to do a longer tournament because you're not going to be able to allow as many um, games running simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have less games running at the same time. Yeah. But the point is, it's no longer you're now allowing those that you know a big, massive group of gamers that are into that battlefield world, or bat yeah battlefield world, into the competitive gaming world, and we know our technology can support it now. Yes, it can really support it now. Which is, but this yeah, I mean, I would love to see it. It would. It would be a wonderful thing to see. I mean, I would enjoy watching that. I mean, I've seen Call of Duty. I I watch esports. That's the sports I'm into. I don't really watch football or anything because I really don't have cable TV. So I watch esports because it's easily accessible. Well, I watch all sorts of sports. Real sports because, well... I'm 30-something and you're 20, and I pay for cable, and so I watch, shoot, I'm going to get up tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to watch some Manchester United soccer, because that's what I'm going to do. So I don't watch esports at all, um, mainly just because I don't even know where to go find it half the time. I find out it's like YouTube, you can live stream it or something. I mean, I watched, mm-hmm. I had a soldier watch League of Legends. Uh, the League of Legends tournament that happened in uh, last, actually last February is when that happens. It's happening. It's coming up here in the yeah, next month. It, it actually, League of Legends happened 
I think the big tournament happened. It was February, March or something. It was spring because I remember it being still cold as hell in Korea. In Korea, it was like still 14 degrees outside, and I was like, "It happened." It happened. I think soon. It happened like three or four months ago. I was still in school. Oh, I was I was still in Korea while he was watching it, so it had to be more. It happened right before you left. So June. Yeah. Last June, so that's been eight months ago now. Oh really? Six, seven, seven months now. Seven months now. We're in January of 2016, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, time flies. Trust me, I know about that. All right, let's see if there's any other big shockers in here. Best fighting game, best action. Anything you want to take a look at? Best, best role-playing game. Oh, that's, uh, that's just Witcher 3. That's Witcher 3. They're really, it's basically the game of the year. It's on Bloodborne, Fallout 4. Uh, Pillars of Eternity, which I've never even heard of. Um, Witcher 3 won it, and Undertale. Undertale is another niche game. Uh, Didn't Dragon Age Inquisition get released this year, or was that last year? That was last year. I think uh, it even won last year. It yeah, won last year. It won last year. It was Game of the Year last year. I'm... I'm surprised Bloodborne didn't take something this year. Or Fallout 4. Because Bloodborne is the one game that I would buy a PlayStation 4 just to play. That one game. Alright, so that was the official Game of the Year's announcements from uh, 2015 um, for the game shows. So let's take a look at the, uh, the next official website, IGN. IGN says, alright, so uh, Game of the Year, which three? Runner-up was Fallout 4. She's still amazing. That only had a month of it. Because Bethesda has so much multiplayer gaming behind it. I mean, when Fallout 4 hit school, when Fallout came out this November, I think of my class, it was like 75% didn't go to school for that two days. I don't play them. I mean, it's a great... Great game. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna sell it's gonna outsell it's gonna sell almost like Grand Theft Auto did when it got dropped. Oh, I think it's almost beating Grand Theft Auto. I would wish that they took the November releases of a year, like they stop at November, Octoberish, October, cut that off. Kind of do it with the fiscal year. Yeah. So October first starts starts a whole new like year. So in September you'd have the the, the 2015 game of the years, which is yeah. true. That's how sports games are. They come out in September or whatever, and they're they're 2016 games. Yeah, because the whole big releases are in November, like Call of Duty. So give everybody a year to munch on these massive titles and everything else, mm-hmm. and really get a good feel for. What is a true game? Because Witcher 3 was played for, was a summer, spring? Spring release. Spring release. Because they don't, nothing comes out in the summer. Uh, so it's a spring release, and we all had time, everyone had a lot of time to go, go through the game, get mm-hmm. DLC, and really fall in love with it. Yeah. Well, Fallout Fall, people only had a couple of weeks to play. I know that it got nominated Probably because of its hype and the Fallout 3 and New Vegas and how Skyrim did. I think Skyrim took 
getting the EO when it came out. I believe that it should have an EO to be properly addressed instead of being nominated because of how it would have done if it got at least top nine. Give give the writers and the people a chance to play the game before we go out there and make a decision on what should be the best. And honestly, there there is a way that is done. That's called in game sales. Because mm-hmm. then let's let's face the facts. All these companies and all this other stuff and uh, all these companies they don't care about who's the game of the year. That's a nice thing they can throw the game of the year edition out there, which just basically is all the a DLC repackaged with all the DLC and a markup. We're we're talking about game sales. Even these games get nominations. Even is a little bit more on them, but they're they're running their own massive marketing on there. And when they when they make game sell numbers like we've seen out there for Fallout and Call of Duty and Battlefront, those in reality are the true game of the years because they are the ones making massive amounts of money. Yeah, Fallout 4 had the most pre-sells this year. Alright, we're going to do a quick quick little thing. So, Xbox One Game of the Year was actually uh, Tomb Raider, Rise, or Rise of the Tomb Raider. I would believe that. That was, a, uh, that was a good game. So, after I get done playing the the, the basically the reboot, mm-hmm. I'm going to move on to this. So, I'm going to see if I can get the reboot on my PC, though. So I have it on my PC, so you can get it. Okay, so I'm going to install that, and then I'm going to play it. Uh, here's the the top ten. Four is a six. Great nomination. Great game. We actually need to get back into that a little bit more and play some more. Yeah. I want to, because there's, I need I need to increase my online bill ties. <laughs> uh, Batman Arkham Knight, I haven't played this yet. I'm going to get around to it at some point. I, I'm going to get around to it once it puts down a... a um, all DLC packs and stuff. Yeah, you can get all an all in one bundle for like forty bucks or something. Thirty bucks. Probably. Thirty bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for the price. I'm waiting for the price drop for the other ones too. I'm gonna get through most of the games that I want to get through before that. Actually, happens. I played both of them. I power played them because I was doing GameFly rentals at the time. I did it too with you, and yeah. they were great games. I mean, you had them on your PC now, gaming year editions. Yeah. I won't play them again. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm actually I plan on reinstalling these and go through them again so I can enjoy them a little more while I'm while I'm traveling. Uh, Black Ops Three was in the top in the top ten. Fallout Four, of course. So they had Forza Horizon Motorsport Six as a top ten Xbox One, and then Forza Motorsports Six Six again. Oh no, that's how the intro goes. Oh okay. yeah. Is that Forza? Okay, so Forza, six where I mentioned that. Of course, Halo. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't get. It didn't make the top ten on Xbox alone. I I know lots of people because they made that an Xbox exclusive. They just went out and bought an Xbox just so they can play Halo, and it's bringing them back into the Xbox world, which I'm great for because, you know, you know that uh, PlayStation took the Call of Duty month early release thing and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, because. Well, they're the top seller now. Yeah. So you can't. I mean. They took that deal after they advanced warfare debacle, and they jumped on that. And I don't even blame them. I'm a little annoyed about it, and I haven't bought a season pass because of it. Because I'm not going to wait a month later after everybody else. I'm probably just going to wait until the season pass goes on sale for really cheap, and maybe pick it up. 
uh, Metal Gear Solid, Solid 5, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. That's an indie game. It's an indie game. I hear it's a really, 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 really good indie game, though. Yeah, it, it says it's a really good indie game. I thought it became free for Xbox Gold at some point. Uh, if it does, I probably have it because I pick up every one of them. Okay. Uh, Tales from the Borderlands, Witcher 3 Hunt, which is actually, which, which is, I need to, I'm going to have to get Witcher at some point. Well, now it's the game of the year if I have to play it. So, some great games this year. Um, I wish I had more time to play all of them. Same with me. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully I'll get some more time come up here to jump in some more games. I don't know how that's going to work out because all these games are awesome and I enjoy playing with people. First, there's playing by myself and there's not enough of them there to co-op. Yeah, there's only one game that I saw that's co-op, like true co-op multiplayer, co-op story mode, and that would be Black Ops 3. Yep. None of the rest of these are the big single or the big... Oh, and Halo. And Halo 5. Halo 5. The rest of these, they could be co-op. A lot of them could be co- uh, Metal Gear could probably be call it co-op. Forza is sort of co-op. You can go online and race against each other and compete. And it's it's not really designed. That's like a pe- competitive game, so you don't expect them to be co-op at all. Fallout 4 absolutely could be a co-op. I would like that to be a co-op game. If Bethesda would start coming out with co-op games, I would jump right on their stuff. Yep. Because they make great games, and they do not make co-op games. It's ridiculous. All right. Call of Duty's co-op, which it should be. Arkham Knight could be. Mm. Yeah, you could play as two Batman. Well, it'd be it's a story. I, would the story hurt too much if you play as two Batmans, or if you would introduce no, a Batman Robin combo? Not too much, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I think you play as two Batmans, and it wouldn't yeah. be that bad a deal. And just have one Batman cutscenes. Yeah. And Tomb Raider? No, no, you can do a co-op no. of that one. So I'm gonna play Tomb Raider, but. That's just because I'm going to play the first one because I, I have it on uh, Games of Gold. I picked it up. So, All right. Well, we're going to take a break here for a second, and then we're going to come back and talk about technology. Some techno information. See you guys in a second. All right. So moving on. Starting our technology edition. So here in the next couple months, we're going to start seeing the next generation of uh, computers and laptops and Things are coming out. There's already been a couple releases on, especially the micro laptops and things like that, uh, after the Christmas break. Um, so we'll start seeing some more stuff coming out. Um, I think the gaming, new gaming laptops should be coming out yeah. in the next... Actually, I think they came out this last fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I'm starting to notice really big is a currently big trend is processors aren't getting faster. Well, this is where we start looking at my schooling. This is why I look at for everyday usage. Um, reason why it's not getting faster is because something called Moore's Law. Um, Say that again? Mo- Moore's? Moore's Law? Moore's Law. Moore's Law. Okay, Moore's Law. So, what Moore's Law says, this is a law that's created in 1975, and it's hold true to about 2011, that Every 18 to 2 years, that's how many transistors on a processing chip would double. So you said, it, so 
I'm going to clarify real quick. Because you said 18 to 2 years. So I'm assuming you meant 18 months to 2, two years. years. Okay, so our processing speed has been doubling for a long time every 18 months or 2 years, which is about every 2 generations? Yeah. Two to 3 generations of computing? Well, it's about every generation of computing. So we're doubling every generation. Mm-hmm. The market usually releases a new computer every six months to a year. Yeah, but that's usually they do a it's like CPU. They do a CPU upgrade to one computer, and then next year they do a hard drive, RAM, or um, video card upgrade. Okay, so kind of like. You're not ever tweaking all of them at once unless it's like a special high-end, really, really high-end computer. Yeah. So you get either a RAM upgrade, hard drive upgrades, or you're going to get processor upgrades is what mm-hmm. you're paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, so with processors basically plateauing, not going anywhere, the only thing really I've seen the biggest change in computing is they're making everything thinner. So, yes. The computers are going to get thinner. That's what they're trying to do. But they've hit... They've gotten through some milestones of CPU power. It's not as easy to put transistors on a CPU and get more processing speed anymore. They've got it so small that it's getting harder and harder. They're in the nanometers. Stuff that wavelength is at right now. Of light. What they're doing is they hit a power constraint. They've hit a power constraint for CPUs. They've hit a transistor, how small they are, and everything. So transistors over the last couple of years have started to plateau at weights because of the transistor limits, the power limits being kept at 100 watts while they're fully running. They they hit this thing, and this is how I'm going in school is to learn about these things and how to overcome them. It's not going to be easy. So what you're saying is process speed hasn't increased any, and we're looking at since we're looking at computer sets that the only thing they're bringing forward into us is a smaller platform. Mm-hmm. So what are they as a, what are we as a, I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm not going to school for this, I don't need to accomplish any of these things, I just want to know, how are these things getting better? So what can get better to improve the PC market, the gaming market, everything else? Because there's still mass amount of bottlenecks along the front side bus, mm-hmm. RAM speeds, hard drive speeds, solid state drives are making up some of that differences, but there's still... There's still massive breaks in other forms of PC technology that can actually bring the speeds of everything else to the point that will actually reach the processor. So Because right now, a processor can take traffic, take information, process it, and send it out faster than it can get it and receive it, send it. Yes, that is true. It, it works at about, I think right now it's about 3.4 gigahertz a second, right? Oh, and if you're looking at a high-end server computer, maybe. No, no, I call four, seven that I have in my computer is three point four, probably. Game I think it's two seven, two seven usually. No, it's, no, it's three point four. Right here on the chart. You freaking suck, cause 
I don't think I have a 3 4. Hold on, hold on. Well, let's do this. My, I'm kind of curious now what mine's at. So, my computer's running at. Uh, I have a 2.4, yeah. Oh, 2.4. Mine's at 2.5. 2.5, really? Yeah, well, what are yours? What is yours? What version? I think yours is 2.4 with a higher version. You might be at a. I might be at a quad core and you might be at a, an I octo core. I'm an octo core. So I'm a i7 4710HQ CPU 5.2.5. Uh, I'm at a i7 uh, 4700HQ. Okay, so you're at the, you're a generation behind me. Yeah. Okay. That's not too bad. You have the high you have the higher end computer with the more RAM on the generation back side of me. So well the point is is that the 3.5 number for gigahertz processing is for the supercomputer, the massive server, uh, corporate base that can drop 10 grand on a system, mm-hmm. or even more. I think some of the systems go up to 30. But grand. yeah, if but so what most people don't understand is that G is a prefix. So the G means a billion parts. So this thing is moving at. 2.4 billion seconds. Yes, and with that though, is it's processing information way faster than it can give. Because the yes. front front the bus is still running at best case scenario one gigahertz. Yeah, at one gigahertz about yeah. about one gigahertz. So it's only getting the the place we're losing we're our losing speed on PCs is front side bus. We're losing everything electronics, even on our phone. It is memory. It takes a couple of hundreds of clock cycles to get memory back. We send it out, we wait, we wait, we wait, we wait, then we get. It it is a big thing. That's the reason why multi core processors is such a big deal. Because I can send something out and it can be waiting for something, and I can still run stuff off the other cores. Programming-wise, in machine code, I can run stuff off the other cores, and then at a certain point, it will come back to me, and then I can take stuff, mash them all together to get my programming. Using multi-threading technology. Yes. So using using the ability to take one massive process, split it up into five four, three, two, whatever number you need to make it into a smaller processing mm-hmm. power or smaller processing set. Mm-hmm. Um, chunk it over different cores. Because like right now, we're not really increasing speed on processors. We're making the processors smaller or more efficient and putting more cores on one processor. So, yeah. As I said before, my class, it's about processing. We're also looking at my another class is programming for multi-core processors. We're taking parallelized, parallel processing, trying to make it so they all complete about the exact same time. So what we're doing is we're programming, we're sending stuff to this, doing assembly code, which most people won't know. Uh, assembly code is a low is taking it's BIOS code it's it's base bound co- it's bare bones code yes it's bare bones but not basic code so basic code for a computer is O's and ones, which is hard to program for because it's not really programming it's the circuit board itself yeah 
So assembly code is telling which socket board we're going to be using. So we're going to be sending like a 7 and a 6. The socket board will know how to operate a 7 or a 6 and we're sending it to which processor we want it to go to and what memory one would take from. So with that, we're programming. It's all in the hand of the program to speed up the CPU time now. So a poorly written core c code or a sloppy written code that's just made for one core is it's just really eating one core and it's not doing anything else. So who, So we're really looking at only high-end games and possibly some really high-end processing programs and want to take advantage of this. Not high-end games, for instance, just a programmer that knows how to program. Okay. So it's not being... I, so I understood it as, like, the operating system made the choice of how the programs were being threaded. And it was kind of a... Uh, co-matching with the drivers for the OS. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is a lot of code driving right now. Um, the reason why we hit this pitfall is because of power issues. There's power leaks with the transistors while your computer is on idle. What about... I thought it was a, also a mass amount of overheating. Yes. Um, PCs or personalized computers so uh, you know you spend massive amount of money on servers most of that money is on coolant water coolant is what goes around the CPU in servers right? we're uh, hitting in both wars. Uh, so we I don't uh, we don't use liquid coolant in our servers but we don't have top of the grade we have really nice technology and we use some pretty robust ACs mm -hmm. uh, to keep the, the ambient temperature around the servers at about 60 degrees yes about 60 by uh, which in some cases we bring it all the way down to 50 or try to um, 50 and 60 is ultimate conditions for silicone to be working at the most performance efficient state yeah we we try to do that because we have all our, our stuff mounted up in the back of trucks that, frankly, is driven in back of FMTVs when it's not supposed to be. So, you can't really have wild coolant because wild coolant has to be stationary. Yeah, no, there's no way. So yeah. No no way in the Army that's ever going to happen. So, Google will have water-cooled processors. Yeah. Because... It's not cheap to do wall cooling on an electronic device because water and electronics don't mix. But you can get more watts, which does more heat. The 10% loss of power, because it's energy over time, is power. The loss of that energy is due to heat. And... 10 energy per second is a lot of heat to be lost. So that derives from cooling. Okay. So before they, if they can do the leak issue, if they can minimize that leak issue, that would help out. So then they would cut their, cut the, the heating down by, the heat by 10% then too. Yeah, it'd be down a lot if they can do that. Okay. Yeah. But that'd make, that'd, that would mean making a circuit 100% efficient. 
Which is not possible. Which is, yeah, practically impossible. I'm sure there's at some point someone will make that semi-impossible and make another breakthrough. At least a semi-breakthrough. But yeah. now that we've put our audience to sleep here, we're going to move on to something since uh, we've, uh, we've, we've got some Christmas money. And with that Christmas money, uh, we spent some time on Amazon and uh, looked up some headphones. We're both looking for Bluetooth headphones and a wireless solution for listening to music and um, other forms of media on our phones, tablets, and computers. And we both went there and we're like, hey, let's check out some Bluetooth headphones. So we both picked up these. We both accidentally picked up the exact same headphones. Well, not accidentally. I showed them to you, and then I bought them, and then you bought them, and then now we're both having them. (laughs) (laughs) So he got the blue set. I got the black set. So luckily they're different colors. Uh, Turbine. uh, Bluetooth. um, What they're called? Oh, no, they're called the Blue blue, 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 Dewey. Blue Dewey. I guess that's what they're called. You get them on Amazon for about 30 bucks, Bluetooth headphones. Uh, if you get the straight version that don't fold together, you can pick them up for 24 and they have a micro SD slot so you can play music straight off your uh, micro SD, which is nice if you're looking for something that works out. Um, 40 hours talk time is what they said they are. 40 hours of music playing time. Um, Initial thoughts, Dave? They've been working out well for me. I, I work in a machine shop. They worked out pretty well, though. So that's your college job, right? It's not what you're doing permanently. No, it's not what I'm doing permanently. What I'm doing permanently will be later determined. Yeah. Hopefully a good job at Microsoft or some other company like that. Google, Intel, stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, if you work for Intel, you might be working down the street because they, they have a plant down here in DuPont. Really? Yeah, it's like right down the road. So... Uh, how much time have you gotten to use these? How much time have you used them for? I've used them for about two days now. Two days now? So two days, how much time, like, on your head, though? Like, a couple hours? Three or four? Like, I've only Ten put... Ten hours? Ten hours? Okay, so I've only put these on my head and actually listened to them for, like, almost 45 minutes. On, uh, 45 minutes to an hour. So you have a lot more... What's the sound quality like? Really good. Yeah. Oh, what's the noise noise canceling like? Um, I work in a machine shop. I could hardly hear the machines. Okay, so that's that's a good testament for thirty dollars headphones, because uh, they're not actually advertised as noise counseling, but the way they're built, it's unless you got Dumbo ears, you're pretty much going to be good to go. Yeah. The the headsets are a little small. I noticed that. Um, in my case, the headphones actually rest on my ears because I do have a little bit of a Dumbo effect going on on my head. Um, it was easy to pair, uh, you got actual, uh, skip, play, pause, forward, volume up, volume down, controls on the headphones. What? You can adjust them so they don't, they fit on your ears though, because your ear size is about my size, and they fit on my ears perfectly. Yeah, hold on, let's just real quick. So I put, it's not, it's, it's not that, it's because my ears... It's, I have this weird stupid bump thing here, like grandma had. Oh, yeah. That that also fixed because I have that too. Yeah. That if you put them in like this, you can adjust them that way and fix that too. Okay, so what he did is he just adjusted the headphones a little bit more towards the tuck position versus the all-the-way open position mm-hmm. to have them fit better. So they are adjustable. They, they're uh, synthetic leather on the top, 
and then the headphone piece. Uh, 0.5 millimeter uh, drums. They had good sound on them. From what I I, I ran a sound test yeah, on them on a couple different piece. songs. Um, also, you were saying they can do multiple devices at the same time. They'll Bluetooth connect to. I haven't really tested that yet, but I can connect them to my laptop and my phone at the exact same time, and they were working out pretty well for a little bit. So we'll, we'll we'll get more back on that one. We'll at least let you know if they can do multiple Bluetooth connections at the same time. I doubt that will happen, though. I've never heard of a Bluetooth device allowing multiple connections at the same time. Yeah. Uh, also, the also the thing I will be testing out this week is I'm going to put these. They have mics in built into them. I've well, actually used that. I used them when I was calling you. Did you use them when we're playing Call of Duty, though? No, I haven't. So what I want to do is I want to have them hooked up Bluetooth to my phone, playing media, and talking to you while playing Call of Duty, and see if just having that one connection to the controller and having it all work. If that does, that fixes my $300 Turtle Beach problem, suck it Turtle Beach, and we're good to go. For 30 bucks. For 30 bucks, And they can blow... They can just... Eat it. I don't care. Um, so I think that takes care of tech. Yeah, that, that wraps that up pretty nicely. Alright, so we're going to pause here for a second and we're going to come back with some sports. Alright, moving on sports. Uh, as we all know, the NFL playoffs are coming up here. But there's also a big event that came up this week. Um, as uh, me and Dave are both big baseball people... Um, I don't know how much you follow it right now. A little. I follow everything a little right now when school starts up. So this year, Mariners is supposed to be a big thing. They got Cano, they got Cruz, they got Seager, they got Hernandez. They've been making deals. Major League Baseball, uh, new manager, new back office. Lots of new things going on in the Mariners camp. I think so there might be a winning team. They were supposed to be a winning team this year, and they were had a winning second half. They had a horrible ha- first half. They almost backdoored themselves since the pl- well. Then they're almost back. They they came within the first five games of the playoffs. Well, that's not too bad. No. So it's um the Mariners are they they're looking at having a great year this year. So but no, we're talking about we're talking about King Griffey Jr. the second uh, Mariner baseball player to get named to the Hall of Fame. Uh, first one, of course, was Randy Johnson. Mm-hmm. But, Kirby Jr. Was, is, has the highest percentage of of ballots cast for him to be named to the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's a record set. Along with being the first number one overall draft pick named to the Hall of Fame. Well, he did have his father to help carry that one with him. Well, he's, there, there's a lot of Things that the Griffies together did when they were at the Mariners. The back-to-back home runs where mm-hmm. his father just spells one out and he goes out and feels like, bam, I know how to do it too, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was listening to the radio when they were kind of giving a tribute to him and they were talking about how that home run was basically in the same general spot that he did it in. 
Um, was it like almost the exact same pitch down to the wire? Uh, lower outside corner, and they both hit it to right, uh, left center. Yeah. Um, it was ridiculous, and it, they were both uh, switch hitters, and so they were hitting the same direction. They were both hitting left hand at the time. Well, Griffey Senior was a switch hitter, and Griffey Junior was a pure lefty. Okay. Yeah. But he was a he was the prettiest swing in the world. Um. The course of the '95 season, you know, he got injured and in injured in the first part of it, but then came on the the the, the butt end, the yeah, the double the double by Ager where he's on first base and he scores to beat the Yankees in a one game playoff. Yeah. Uh, how old were you that happened? '95. Yeah, I was born. You were born. That was your year you got born. So I was all excited and you got popped out. This is gonna be a little off subject. So. We got sent to Yakima with my grandparents while you were getting born. And I, now that I'm an adult, I absolutely get it. You got three. You got uh, Danielle, who's, who's three or four? Three. Four, three. Danielle's three. We had her along for the ride. Three older kids, me, uh, my brother Douglas, and Bethany. And my parents just kicked us out of the house. The week you were due, or the week two weeks after you're due, and because my yeah. mom always had mom always has kids two weeks late. And there's enough of us that we know that's a trend. So <laughs> yeah, um, even with bed, yeah, I, I didn't realize that was the year you were born. So you don't have any. Nope. There's no there's no heartbreaks. There's no. So I'm sitting in the RV, sitting there listening to mirror games like a freaking weirdo. On the radio, because that's the only way they can get the games in Yakima, because no one has TV in their in their RVs at the time. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's the middle of August. It's hot. It's just hot. And I'm watching, listening to Mariners baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 year old. I think I'm 14, 15, 14, 13, 13, 12, 12. You were uh, 12 at the time. 12. See, I was born in '83. 12. 12. I was 12. Just turned 12, and I'm sitting there all excited about baseball and listening to it. Um, so you don't really – you don't have really big fond memories of Griffey. I don't have too many fond memories of Griffey. I know he was a big thing. He was – he's in my memory span being on the Mariners. So what do you think about it as someone who didn't grow up with him when he came back to Mar- the baseball? Yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up with him, but I had enough recognition that he was a big-ass deal, like when I was two or three. Okay, so the entire time – so in 95, he was still a pretty young player because mm-hmm. he got drafted in 93 or 94. So he'd only been in the year at league for two, three years mm-hmm. at that point. All that time, in 2000, 2001, 2003, something like that, he goes to Cincinnati for a while. So you're older now. You know he's a big deal. Mm-hmm. In 2000, I want to say 10? I think it was 2011. 2011. He comes back to the Mariners. I was excited. I mean, I heard this guy, like, as I said, I know a lot about the duo of the Griffies. I know a lot of history about the Griffies because I grew up with you, my dad, even granddad had a lot of this. Um, I grew up hearing about it. I was excited when he came back. And that year, he breaks his arm, didn't he? Oh, that was in like 97. No, 95. He broke his arm in 95. 
So that was a big catch against the wall in the kingdom. Oh, yeah. So that, that was all the highlights they played. But when he, he came back to Seattle as kind of like a token pass. He really was – he wasn't starting every day. He wasn't in his prime anymore. They were testing him out. That was – they, like, it wasn't. They wasn't testing really. He was. He was coming back to be, to kind of just finish the career where he started it where, mm-hmm. with the fans that really, where he had the most success with. He had the most success as the Mariners. His prime years with the Mariners, and he came back to the Mariners as, as with their with um with them to kind of just. He wasn't an everyday player. He was a rotational player. I think he played left field. He didn't do anything exciting. He didn't go back to the center field where he originally ran. And he still had good athletic abilities. He still came out and hit 15 to 20 home runs every year. He only played 100 to 110 games. Um, you know, 400, 500 at bats instead of 800, like he you normally, know, like 700, 800, like he used yeah, to have. Yeah, he's a rookie season. You know, so he's not. At his prime anymore, but he's still an effective player. Yeah. And then he comes back to Seattle 20, about 15 years later? About seven or eight years after he left. Yeah. He played out, he played out his really big contract with Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Where he went, because that was closer to where his family uh, had grown up and where he grew up. And he weren't his and family. And where his dad went back to. Yeah, it's where his dad went back to, which was a big part of his life. Um, and then he, he said he, I think he even says he regressed that decision. I'm not 100% sure. And he says he, this is me remembering something a while ago that I called when I was 15. So, he says he would have liked to stay with Seattle a couple more years. Yeah, so I think, I think if he had had a chance to do it over again, he would have spent his entire career with Seattle. Which would have been awesome. I would have loved to see Griffey here all year, all the entire time. But... Yeah. He didn't. It is what it is. He came back here. He's still he's still Just part of the. Just about how good he would have been with that two, the 2016 was it? Yeah, yeah. Where we won, won 110 baseball games in the whole nine years. Yeah, yeah. it'd have been, it'd have been one more ma- amazing mark on his career that could have been gone there in the Mariners uniform. Um, which is sad. He didn't get that opportunity. He kind of just became the one superstar on Cincinnati, and nothing ever happened with them. They didn't start becoming a good team until they basically unloaded his massive contract and were allowed to... to freed up a couple more good rookies. They freed up some rookies. Well, they freed up some cap... Not some, they don't know, there's no cap space, but they freed up some of their budget to re-sign some of the rookies. And they they had a good year last year, um, uh, which is kind of sucks. He, didn't, he, got a, he never got a good chance to play for a championship team. But the cool part about baseball is they play so much of it, it's... Just because you're not a champion doesn't mean you're any you're not a great player. Yeah. Um. Also, this is also the this Hall of Fame brought in another thing. So Mike Piazza got named to the Hall of Fame, which was when he was drafted was the the last pick of the of uh, the Major League Draft when he got when he got when he got picked. Yeah. So you got a number one all overall pick for I believe it's ninety two. Mm-hmm. And the very, very last, last pick of 93. And then in 94 or 95, there's a picture of, on ESPN, I think it might have been 96, of Griffey holding the bat at the very, very top and him holding right below him, Mike Piazza holding the bat too. The top and bottom picks from two different years 
and now they're both on top of the game playing baseball in the pros, and now they're both named to the Hall of Fame. Yep. So. It is a good props. Um, I'm kind of sad his dad didn't make it up there, too, because his dad was an extraordinarily good baseball player, too. Uh, yeah, but his dad didn't have this. His dad was a good a good player, mm-hmm. but he but wasn't, he wasn't the best. He wasn't an outstanding player, yeah. and it's, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, he he brought on one of the best players in baseball, and he he did it with grace. I mean, they play together. It, that has to take some type of humble and pride. And even on the Suns part, last thing you want to do is go play on a professional baseball team. When you're, you're 20 and you're like, you get multi-million dollars and your dad's like, huh, son, do it like this. Yeah, come here, come here, boy. <laughs> how, how, how we do it in the pros. So, no, I mean... Uh, that takes that that shows a lot about the character of um, King Griffey Jr. and King Griffey Sr. All right, so moving on from a little different subject, NFL playoffs are this week. Mm-hmm. So, quick, quick, the wild quick, card set, set, wild card set. So, quick rundown. We got first game of the week: Kansas City division rivals against the Broncos, mm-hmm. playing Houston, uh, Pittsburgh versus at Cincinnati, uh, which just. Denver wins, and they got bumped to third spot. If Denver losses, they'd have been in two, and we'd have bumped all the way down to six, and Kansas City would have been in three. Yeah, yeah so how, how the whole thing works, huh? Last week. That was so first to last. Yeah, first to third. He's like, that. bam, done. Um, Seattle uh, at Minnesota, which is supposed to be like a, a game kicking off at 10 degrees. No, it's supposed to be negative 15. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, negative 10. It's supposed to be negative 10. But I can't remember. Isn't Minnesota in a dome? No. Um, yeah, it's in a dome, man. Is it? Yeah, it's got to be. Does it say Minnesota dome? If they're in. I know they're uh, in Minnesota because they're a wild card. Minnesota's in a wild card. Hold on. Let me open this up real quick. I thought so it was an open you got, field. you got Minnesota. No, it's not open field. I don't think it's open field. And then you got Green Bay and Washington. Uh, two NFC rivals, right? Or two uh, um, NFC teams right there, which is weird. Usually they go AFC, NFC, AFC, NFC. Uh, so we're going to go with – we're going to go through picks. I want you, I want to hear some of your picks. I'm going to give my picks here in a little bit, but we're going to have you pick. I don't know how much you know about sports and how much knowledge you have, but we're going to go with the day picks. Dave's picks. So you pick out the first game: Houston, Kansas City. Uh, Houston, Kansas City. Um, at, at Houston, I would say Kansas City. Why? Just no reason for that. I don't know either of the teams. You don't know either of the teams. All right, so Kansas City finished. They won their game, but Denver won their game too, so they finished the season on a 10-game winning streak. The only reason they're in the wild card spot is because Denver just flat out won 12, 12 games this year and is the number one seed. Uh, they only lost five games, four games, something like that. Uh, Denver was one of them. Uh, Houston backdoored their way, their play into the playoffs in a terrible division in the um, AFC South. They back they backdoor yeah, themselves, themselves into, it. into the playoffs with a horrible horrible set of teams. So Kansas City's actually a good pick on that. So you got so first game, so Kansas City, K KC. 
Uh, I will have to. Uh, I'm going to pick KC too, for all those reasons I said there. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Who are you picking up on that one? I've heard a little bit about Pittsburgh, but I've also heard that Bengals have been actually doing quite well this year. A little bit better than they usually do. They've had a little bit more of a running game. So you're picking the Bengals? I think so. So Davis got Cincy. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some knowledge on you. So Pittsburgh mm-hmm. running straight hot. No one wants to come across them in there. They came in the the wild card. They've won five in a row, five or six yeah. in a row. I don't remember exactly what they I think it's five in a row. Cincinnati has lost their quarterback to injuries, and I think one of their wide receivers to injuries, and they are looking rough right now. No, they've lost a running back. They've lost a running oh, back yeah. in injuries, and they have lost two in a two in a row. Is no, they this- once. Isn't this the season that, like, running, like, not running backs, that injuries, um, in, injuries, 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 in, oh, I can't say it, man, spent more th- money on your speech therapy, I'm just telling <laughs> that right now, <laughs> uh, um, they, hasn't this season been the most prone to that? It, it's injuries, yeah. There's been a lot of big name injuries just out of the blue. Yeah, come up this year. There was, yeah. You got Aaron, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, but you got um, the Red Rocket. Um, What's his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. He's their quarterback, Andy Dalton. Yeah, the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, who just went out of the blue. You've had a couple other big quarterbacks. Man- Manning went Manning, down. Manning went down with his forehead, didn't he? No, it no, was no, no, uh, no. plantar fasciitis in his foot. Yeah. And so. there's there the scare of his forehead of growth hormones. Oh, yeah, that whole thing where he was taking, taking roids. Yeah, that had never happened. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to move on. So you got you got Cincy. I'm picking up Pittsburgh so I can get a point on you there. Yeah. Uh, we can we can throw this online. We can do a pick on this, and we can show our show our audience later. But I don't think there's anybody that cares about that right now. Mm. <laughs> uh, so the next matchup is since we're both from Seattle, but not Seattle fans, but we do root for them when they're not playing the Broncos. Seattle, Minnesota. Seattle has had a good defense, but they have had suffered all season from Andrew Andrew. I can't say it today. Injuries? Injuries. Injuries? <laughs> therapy for the win. Yeah, like, worst five years of my life. Like, So who are you picking, bro? Um, The Seahawks have had indru- indru- injuries. injuries. So they've lost Marshawn. They lost Marshawn Lynch possibly coming back to play this week. Minnesota hasn't had any big injuries. No, they don't have any big big guys. Adrian Peterson, he's old running back, kind of fragile. Who knows? He might get kind of banged up with this defense. They stuffed him once once this year already. Second time they've played against each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second time they've played against each other in TFC Bank Stadium, which is open air, no dome. So, yes, it will be... A whopping god awful. Well, I don't even know what the temperature. I'll tell you. you pick, make your pick, and I'll tell you. Um, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks because the defense and they've had a hot running back even without Mont, Mont, without Lynch. 
they've had a pretty good running back, and the quarterback has been doing quite well this season, too. But I think one of the wide receivers got injured. I don't, I don't know. They might have. But yeah, I'm going to pick the Seahawks because they've been doing well. Kind of well. Four degrees and minus five. Five. Four degrees high, minus five. So the best case scenario we're looking at is maybe four degrees by game time. It's going with a wind chill of probably negative 10. For the wind, uh, they're expecting 8 mile an hour winds, which will drop it down to probably minus, minus 5 to 10 miles, minus 5 or 10. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck to play some football out there that day. So, so who'd you say you picked? Seattle. Seattle. Dave's got Seattle. So this is a hard game to pick because both of them are hard, hard-nosed teams in the part that it's in Minnesota and the weather is so bad. It's, I think it's gonna it's gonna ultimately best who is gonna establish the better running game. Um, it's no wide receiver wants to catch a ball. And well, the thing is, though, they're wearing gloves. They got they're on the heaters warming up. I think they'll be fine for the the running or the wide receiver game. Uh, no one likes getting hit as a wide receiver. <laughs> what is that called? Uh, but I, I might agree with you. I'm gonna keep with Seattle. It's it's a fifty fifty da- it's a fifty fifty toss though. I think. Flip. I think Minnesota can walk away with this game just as well, though. But I think Seattle is coming in there hot. They're going to maintain momentum. I just can't. I just can't see Minnesota overcoming that Seattle beast. It's, it's sad though. They're going to end up playing. You know, Seattle's going to have to play on the road all the way through. They're going to be playing Green Bay next week or Washington or someone on the Northeast. It's going to be a little bit warmer if they play against Washington. A little warmer, but, but still, it's cold. It's going to be not four degrees. Yeah. It's going All to right. be at least two. It's going to be at least close to um, freezing temperature, but not like 30 degrees below it. Next next matchup. Green Bay, Bay, Green Bay Packers versus the Washington Redskins. Who you got on this one? I haven't heard much about these teams to podcasts that I listen to. So, I'm going to give you a quick little update, then you can make an educated decision. Mm-hmm. Washington Redskins coming from out of the NFC East, one of the worst divisions in the league this year, along with the Houston AFC South. Those are the two terrible divisions in the NFL this year. Uh, Washington has no major injuries to speak of. But they have really no major But they players. have no major players to speak of either. Green Bay Packers, however, have Jordan Nelson down, which has drastically hurt their uh, offense and was also brought them outside the running to not take the division against Minneapolis or they'd be home right now. That's the reason they're on the wild they're on the wild card. They're a very, very dangerous wild card team coming in anybody else's thing. But uh they're lacking one of their major wide receivers. So what do you? I'm gonna pick. I'll, I'll take the first pick on this one. Um, I'm taking Green Bay on the on the wild card, but I don't think they're gonna get much farther after that. Well, I, I want to pick that we don't pick exact same people over and over again to for one slot. So let's go with Washington. Even oh though I know man, it's going you should have picked. Game. If you're gonna, if you're, you should have done that, you should have done that Minnesota game, the toss up game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad pick, man. Come on. 
watch her win somehow. I know. Uh, Washington, now the Blues are just playing. Yeah, we're going to win. What is going on? But, I mean, that's how football works. Weirdly enough, the 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 game that still has the most tickets available for it is the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game. Those are division rivals. Like, what is going on? You, you guys play each other. That should be, like, sold out so so fast. That should be another really cold game. Pittsburgh is. Uh, but they're at Cincy. But since he's up north of UCS, it's going to be pretty cold there, too. But there's 2,000 tickets still left in the Minnesota game. At Minnesota. It's going to be five bloody degrees. Five degrees. Yeah, but that's going to be one close game, supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. And plus, seeing people freeze their asses off is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. I can't add nothing to this. So, how would we contact you through Twitter or something? So, okay, so you can contact the show if you want to ask us questions, anything like that, at thosenallenbrothers at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me personally at um, on Twitter at uh, nallenba. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. We're going to get some other ways you can get a hold of us on the show on Twitter and Facebook. We just got to get it up and running. Uh, actually, on Twitter, it's uh, at nallenbrothers. Uh, Facebook page we're still working on. Uh, hopefully by the time this actually goes up, we'll have our Facebook page, which is called as Those Nallen Brothers yeah, on we'll Facebook. Well, you can go over there and like us. Hopefully by then there'll be a picture of it of, of something at that point going on there and some content. You know what? We have another episode that we have to air before this. We act really stupid, like Vicky before after it happened. Oh, uh, no, right? You know, we're, we're recording here trying to get some practice in. And we're gonna we're gonna put these on there. We didn't think they'd turn out as well as they do, they as they did. And so we're gonna just put them up there and let you guys grow with us as we grow through our podcasting growing pains too. Because we're two bumbling idiots. We're two nerds that enjoy gaming, and that doesn't mean we're good at talking on the on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean we're good at talking at all. Yeah, we're really well. As Mitch's spot, he's capping in the left corner. We're good at that. Shoot him, shoot him good. Shoot, shoot him, shoot him good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, for uh, myself, Brett. And David. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.